Welcome back to The Bar Dizzle, the podcast for the people, most of whom have entirely too much time on their hands apparently. Thank goodness for that small miracle. As usual Dave and Scott will spill their guts about sports, spirits, music and brews while coughing up random musings. And by the way guys, I'm not cleaning up this time. So, somehow it's on with show number 5. Good evening, chaps. Evening Tessa. Scott, I don't even know how to respond to that intro. I think we created a, a virtual monster here, buddy. Dave, the Loch Ness monster, nor Bigfoot, have anything on Tesla. <laughs> no doubt. And that right there would be a great pay-per-view, I think. I know who my money would be on, Scott. So uh, onward we go on our quest to fix everything that's broken in the podcasting universe. Scott, what are the fresh pours at the BD for our peeps out there as we cut off episode five? Well, before we get to the pours, I was thinking the other day about the number five since uh, we're at Cinco de Mayo. And, <laughs> Cinco uh, de Augusto? Yeah, Cinco <laughs> de Augusto. And uh, it, it, it sure feels like we're getting more on a weekly schedule here. But anyway, I was thinking about famous number fives and in, in, yeah. um, athletes that wore that number. And, and the first, uh, I, I did a little bit of research. I found a pretty neat si article they gave gave us a top 10 and and so i'll i'll run down and you can you can riff off of uh each one so the first one johnny bench oh yeah i mean that's somebody really my generation and even yours but you know people are much younger obviously don't have an appreciation for how just how tremendous this guy was in fact uh tonight i was watching the pirates that uh yadier molina just passed him for most hits 2093 for hits for a catcher wow you know and the number seven i think is is where they are on the list and if you think about that this guy was as you mentioned to me i think casually off air one time that he, he was just a, he's a five tool guy as far as you know the, his defense is you know his his power you know hit for average hit for power arm he had it all only two guys hit more home runs than him in the 70s yeah only stargell and Reggie Jackson. Yeah. I think I heard of those guys. I was yeah. vaguely Some, somewhere. familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next two, I kind of linked together. Brooks Robinson and George Brett. Two two different eras, kind of 60s and 70s. But uh, yeah. the neat thing about that, both third basemen. Yeah, and Brooks Robinson, I mean, again, being of an advanced age here, watching him play against our Pittsburgh Ball Club in the 71 World Series, which I, I, I didn't think we had any chance of that with those five, four 20-game winners that the Orioles had back then, but Robinson was, he, he was just, I think uh, the, the late uh, broadcaster of the, the, the Pirates, the gunner, Bob Prince called him the, the human vacuum cleaner over there. You know, it just, <laughs> he just, and he, and he was, I mean, I, I don't know that I've ever seen anybody play the, the, the position defensively as well as, as he did. And he was a pretty serviceable hitter as well, but right. I mean, his defense was just second s- to n- yeah, next level. Like the, like Bill Mazgorowski was at second. He was yeah. at third. Yeah. Right. Right. And George Brett, of course, uh, he he was a a human hit machine, you know. Certainly, I think it was 1982 when he was uh, chasing 400, ended up batting 390, and of course the of the famous or infamous Pine Torrens. Yeah, in the in the championship series, right? Did he, did he win a batting title? Didn't he hit over yeah. 400 or something like no, that? No, 390. He, 390, but yep. he, he won a batting title. Yeah, yeah, he was another one. You know, power and defense and just just all American, yep. all American player out there for sure. Uh, the next two I want to uh, link together, uh, Nicholas Lidstrom and Denny Potvan. Both were number five. Right. Both Hall of Fame defensemen. 
Yeah. The, about the only thing Nicholas Lidstrom didn't do in his career is get that last shot by Marc-Andre Fleury in Game 7 of the, of the yeah, 9 final. That's about the only thing he didn't do. And I guarantee you, if uh, if Maff wasn't fleet of skate and foot and diving, diving uh Palace. I thought that was in that the back was, of that the was, net. That was in the back of that. It would happen in slow he, motion. He slide I was over like, there. that's it. Yeah, he, he doesn't get over there. There's no question. He buries that. So, uh, yeah, and then he popped in. I had the the, the privilege and the, the pain, I guess, to see, you know, him being a... Back in the day, he was really kind of a trailblazer. I mean, Bobby Orr was, you know, the same, you know, obviously trailblazed the whole path, but Potvin was really, you know, he had it all. You know, a good defender. He could he could hit you, but he, you know, he also was, uh, you know, his offensive skill set and his ability to to, to fire the seed uh, was well, he had it all. Yeah, he was on the cover of SI, and it, you know, the quote was the next Bobby Orr. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. That, yeah well, yeah. that that I don't have any. Uh, yeah, I I I can see that. I can see them doing that. So, uh, so before we get to the the, the final two uh, speed round, Kevin Garnett, uh, Jason Kidd. I'm not a, a huge NBA follower. I. I, I know yeah. that that Kevin Garnett, uh, major major star. Jason Kidd. I wouldn't have thought that, but um, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm not sure who who wrote the list, how they came up with it. Interesting list to talk about. Sure. Uh, the final two, uh, I'll go with uh, Hank Greenberg, Hammer and Hank, uh, also known as... Wasn't that title already taken? I guess he had it first. Yeah, he had it first, <laughs> and then uh, he he started it, and then he all ha- also had Hankus, Pankus, and the Hebrew Hammer. The Hebrew I Hammer. I think that's the one that sticks to yeah. my mind. Well, isn't that the one that our local guy, Mr. Madden, he, he has a caller. Yes. That his, his name is the Hebrew Hammer. Correct. I never, I wouldn't have put that together. I, I, bet, you he, yeah. I bet you he took that from that. That's yeah. pretty funny. Yeah. Tremendous player before my time, obviously, so I don't have a lot of reference points on that, but uh, obviously have looked at his stats. Well, he played for previously. the Pirates his last sure. year. Yeah. And uh, the uh, the owner at the time and, and the general manager at the time decided to move the cavernous left field in for him so he can continue on his home ah, run path. And they called aware it of that. Greenberg's Gardens. Right. The cavernous field where that was it left field or right? left, was it yeah. was this was this in in, in Forbes, Forbes right? field yes so the, didn't it was was where they like housed like the machinery and stuff back there like the ball machines and stuff yeah. there was so much room uh, yeah they were they just stuck them out there yep you know so yep it's pretty yep. funny and and the final one to round it out probably the famous of all of them Joe DiMaggio oh yeah of uh, makes... said fifty six game hitting streak barely oh my honestly. With the way things are now, with you know, substitutional things that go on in the game today, and just and just basically uh, how things are, nobody's touching that. No, they're just not. No, I mean it, it just and there and there's so many specialty pitchers now. You know, guys back in the day, you know, they, if, good or bad, they were going to stay in there and either either win it or take their lumps or you know, I don't know how many. I got to be friends with Robin Roberts down in uh, Florida, the Hall of Famer for the Phillies. He, he lived in my area, and you know he talked about that to where you know because of how many specialty relievers, how many guys right. gunning the ball at 100 miles an hour, they're coming in at different times. It's just it, it's just difficult to to game. Difficult when to we've talked 56. about it. Yeah, I mean the the as well as. Uh, launch angle, swing plane. Uh, guys yeah. are striking out an awful lot more. You know, back yeah. in the day, yeah. a, a base hit wasn't a bad thing. 
No, yeah, you have the, the, nowadays even the, up to this date, you know the spider attack, all the different things that are going yeah. on with with the pictures, and that's been in the in the news lately. The, yeah, I would be, I, I would say that's a record that's pretty safe. Yeah, I, I re- <laughs> distinctly remember, uh, and, and I'm at that fringe age of when uh, Pete Rose was chasing it. Yeah, and he had 44. Yeah, yeah, that, that was that was amazing yeah. as it was. You know, and yeah. it's a switch hitter. You know, right? So, anyway. Yeah. So, with that, we'll post the link uh, in the show notes. Uh, the, the rest of the rundown here from a topics, uh, uh, Dave's going to lead us through the, uh, the Steelers uh, as they uh, wind down or have winded down the uh, preseason. Take a look at maybe what the final cuts are. I don't know if they were announced today. I think they're tomorrow. I think it's tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. by 4 o'clock or something. Get your yeah. prognosis on that. I think we'll have a quick uh, hit on uh, college football startup here locally. Uh, and a, an exceptionally quick hit on our buckos. We got some some more music stuff to talk about. Uh, we'll unplug for, and then of course you know some random thoughts as well as uh, what you and I are sipping. But anyway, with that, Dave, I'm going to take us out the break. All right, Dave, we're back from break. Uh, hope everybody got a, a fresh one, and uh, I think we're going to kick off into Steelerland. All right. Um well, you know, we finished up the preseason here last night. It's becoming clear what's going on with this depth chart, particularly a quarterback. Uh, the reindeer there did not play um, last night, and it, it, you're seeing now where the where, where the depth chart, how it's shaping up to be. Ben obviously being number one, and Rudolph being number two, he played really well himself at the time he was out there during preseason, and he's got so many, so many starts under his belt. And in this offense, well, even Matt Canada is tweaking this offense, but in the <clears throat> for the Steelers, Dwayne Haskins took a step backwards last night. I mean, he played against their ones with a, a, a three of their starting offensive linemen in 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 the in the game, uh, Kendrick Green. Uh, Chooks Okorafor. I just like saying that name. And uh, there was one other one that was in there as well. But uh, And also, uh, Claypool came back to play because he'd been out with right. an ankle. And so he played, and, and so did James Washington. So he had some, some starters to so deal with. He had with. some targets. He had some targets, and he had, it wasn't like a full second or third string offense that he was uh, directing. And, you know, he had passes behind people. He, you know, he had, uh, I don't know if he had an interception or not. I think he might have, but he, he just, when I, I, I almost never watched, hardly ever watched that game because it's like the, the, the most abysmal right. thing in sports is that last Plus they had an extra game. game this year. And they had the extra game with the Hall of Fame game. So, you know, you're at this point, all that they're, all that the coaches are really looking for is the, the final uh, r- roster spots. They have a few people they have in mind that are on right. the bubble and they're just looking to, to, to get some either confirmation that they're going to stay or or not right so that's really and you know one one guy uh, stuck out that i I hadn't really uh heard about too much or followed uh uh, linebacker jameer jones number 44 he really has been playing apparently very solid all through camp and in games when he's had a chance he he had a lot of plays defense last night and he's he's pushing some people at that other outside linebacker um um uh, area where you know he could he could he could unseat a couple of those guys that are, are there possibly so there was that um, the other thing that came across and I saw this pre-game uh, uh, and also sources a source deep inside the Steelers organization who I talked to also named Arnold Slick from Turtle Creek um, he. <laughs> 
Uh, he advised me also, actually, Jerry Dulac of the Post-Gazette <clears throat> came on pregame and said uh, that his sources, probably more reliable than Arnold, um, had confirmed that T.J. Watt will sign a contract this week coming up. Um, Interesting. He, he, he will uh, be... That contract, by the way, per this source, who's reliable? Jerry's a good guy. I mean, he's he really he's on point. Um, stated that not only will this be a big contract, will make him the highest paid defender in the NFL. Not the highest paid edge rusher or highest paid linebacker, but the highest paid uh, defender. Period. Uh, hello, the guy from the Rams, right? Uh, Aaron Donald, <clears throat> right? <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. From. Penn Hills. From Penn Hills, my alma mater. Uh, but anyway, the the, uh, the deal is going to be coming, and this was a plan all along from from everything that's been was stated that he would participate by being there in body, make you know moving around, doing some drills, whatever, but not playing in any games till this deal is going to be done. And obviously, it was it was it was it was good for both sides of, of the right. table because if you're gonna lay out that kind of money. You ain't wanting this guy getting hurt in a preseason game, you know. Right, if, right. If just like Ben. If this deal, right? If this deal's on the table, there's, and I think it was a good thing the way that they, the both sides navigated this, saying, okay, we're we're close to a deal, we're going to get this done. It's not like they're miles apart where they're going like, right, you know, we, right. you know, we, this guy might walk in a year. He, he, and they, being the Steelers organization, were in agreement that this is how this path was going to be navigated. So this is supposedly going to happen, and that's a that's a, obviously a very good thing. Uh, for this team going You forward. mentioned one thing earlier, mm-hmm. and I wanted to get clarification. You said that uh, Rudolph did not play. Was right. was he, by chance, playing in any reindeer games? <laughs> I don't know if he was. I, I, you know, I didn't see him, so that's that's possible. But, um, you know, it, it's uh, it was one of those things where you could see that Tomlin had tipped his hand because he sat Rudolph and right. then played Haskins. Right. And the last person to come in just as a complete mop-up was Dobbs and... Also, Mr. Dulac, and just from everything I've read from a lot of people and just uh, everybody in the media around is, con- is convinced that Dobbs will probably be traded again, you know, for right. sixth, seventh round pick like they did when he went to Jacksonville or something like that when they, they end up getting him back. But that's, that's kind of how they're going to play this is that, is that Haskins has shown enough and has enough experience and pedigree that he's they they feel that they're better off with him Higher at upside. three, yeah. You know, so that's I think that's how they're gonna that's gonna come down. So that, that that's what that's what's going on right now. Of course, until they, they they lace it up for real, which there's there's a week now in between things this year, right? You know, um, so they have time for some people like Benny Snell, who got in the game to get healthy again. He did play last night. Um, you expect him to make the team? I mean, that's a great question. There's a, there's 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 some other guy in there. I don't remember call his name right now. Yeah, the kid they drafted this year. We'll have to uh, look it up yeah, on break. Um, yeah, it's it's a unique name, but there's he's kind of pushing. Oh, yeah. McFarland's going to be on the team. Oh, well, think, he's going to be I on think. the team, and and, and he's. You remember when uh, uh, Lev Bell had that first awful year, and and not to say that McFarland's Lev Bell, but kind of turning it around a sophomore year, figuring it out. Sure, and he and he gives you that speed element around the edge that they don't have with a lot of those other guys. The, the guy that's interesting, I think, that may be uh, the, in, in that position that, that, that may be, you know, maybe bubblicious. Bubblicious. <laughs> Soft and chewy. <laughs> bubblicious as far as staying on, and, and it could be a, a, you know, a Snell thing with, um, with, with him, and, and uh, it's the, the third down back. Uh, 
as as a running back who 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 can uh, catch the ball in the backfield, and so Jalen Samuels. It's interesting. The Kalen Balage is the yeah. other guy that we're talking about, but 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 out of the uh, Q, Q, out of the Q, out of the Q, the Quebec Major Junior League. <laughs> <laughs> Funny, I didn't see that coming. Uh, but Jalen Samuels, you know, he has that ability to catch a ball out of the backfield, and whether so, I don't know if, whether maybe it's Samuels Balage, Samuels Snell. Balazs. Now, anyway, there's, there's that three-headed monster there. I, there's two spots, I think. So that's the other interesting thing that's playing out. I mean, obviously, there's probably a couple other pro- the, the, the issue they're having a cornerback where they're going to put Cam Sutton. Yeah. You know, in a, maybe as a slot guy because they keep wanting to say they want to keep him outside, but they can't find anybody outside good enough to. So right. they want to keep him right. like, or, or in the slot good enough that way, you know, or back, vice versa, or whatever it might be. They're having problems. One guy got injured, and he's having a hard time staying on the field. So it, it may be that he's in those dime packages, you know, in the slot, and they, they, they take their chances with somebody else. Right. And, the, and here's the other thing. It's funny. This is a random thought. The nickel defense, when you have five defensive backs in, the dime defense is six. Why, don't, why isn't there 10 defensive backs? <laughs> I was a dime equate to six in my, my, I mean, I'm not a mathematician, but. I don't think either <laughs> any of the uh, folks on the, uh, and they call it the, on the six NFL pack. side. Right, right, right. Just yeah, that, that, makes, that makes, yeah, yeah, that makes a little, little more sense for sure. Hey, before we, anyway, we, we roll out of the Steelers, I, you, I always kind of pan through the, the radio stations as I'm driving around, driving kids around in, in meetings and stuff. Mm. I, I've heard some of the other, um, Talking heads in Pittsburgh, um, and and some of the more tenured writers that became you know uh, talk jocks and talk jock I like that term. yeah projecting and losing record this year yeah I I that's what we talked about I yeah by the last time I yeah. said yeah you're out of your mind I I just told, I mean I barring well, any injuries significant injuries to Watt or Ben or you know something like that or right. you know losing two or three off starting offensive linemen right. With with this defense, I like eight and eight is is low watermark in my book. Of course, and I, and and there's been times when in, in in past years where where Ben was out multiple games. Right. I mean, he was out right. the entire year a couple of years ago, and they still almost made it in with Hodges and whatever. They and really with with the exception of a with a, a couple of things that happened with a fumble here or a crazy right. play there. Right. They're easily in the playoffs, but they, they kind of, they got a couple bad calls on interference things. I think against, against the saints one time in the end zone when Joe Hayden yep. came over the top yep. of a guy, that's, that's a, that's a win. If, if yep. not for a bad call. So how can you not think if he's placed 13 games and the offensive line is, you know, morphs into something. And, but like you're to your point, the defense alone, and that running game, and that new new stud they got from Alabama. How, right. how are you predicting so much doom? I th- and, and these guys, it's just so funny. They'll they, they'll do that, but like later on when they're when they're making the playoffs, right? Y- they'll never admit to it. Like it'll just be you know, right? Well, <laughs> I, I mean, didn't know that so and so was going to mature so sure, quickly. I mean, I mean, who knew that that Harris would have an All Star MVP? Dan Moore Jr. would turn into be a Pro Bowl offensive right. lineman, and you know, right. might, nobody would expect that, and you know, whatever. So not not that we're we're and I'm not claiming to be geniuses. No, and I'm not a complete honk for the Steelers. Right. I'm, I'm not sitting here just bleeding black and gold. I'm just looking at it as a normal thing. You know, Coach Tomlin has never had a losing season. He's made the playoffs almost every year. He's won divisions. They've got to you know a couple Super Bowls, and he's won one. If Rashard Mendenhall doesn't fumble the darn right. football going down for an easy score, and and at that point Green Bay is spent, and they got two or three wide receivers that got hurt in the first right. half. That game's over. Right. 
So, I mean, and, and that, he didn't control that. You know, right. You know, that, that's no, just... No, that, that's... Yeah. <laughs> they were in a position to win that game late. Well, that's like so, uh, Super Bowl 30 when, you know, you, those two picks were killers. Of course. I mean, the, the, the tie, the turn, the Steelers had Neil momentum. O'Donnell. You know, uh, yeah, between Neil turn, O'Donnell turn and back into Neil O'Donnell. the wrong route. I, well, yeah, there was a hot receiver, that one fast guy that they had on yeah. the outside. And, yeah. And he, and he, and he didn't... He he didn't read the hot, uh, and Neil did. Yep. But you know, you see the guys right in front of you. You yep. throw it away or something. I mean, you yeah, can't just it. blindly throw it to a spot. Yeah. So, uh, um, but anyway, yeah, I, I, that's a great point you bring back up because again, not being a complete you know, lap dog for the Steelers, which we're not. It's just history does not support this gloomy prospect. I mean, despite all the. The, the other, that's the other NFL players. It's, it's you got you, you got you know you've you've got a few premium teams. You've got some pretty good teams. You got fifty feet of crap. Yeah, right. And then you got some of the really bad teams. All right, Brad Pitt. And there's there's a, a, enough games that they're going to play in the fifty feet of crap that oh, there yeah. should be wins. Yeah. You know, you know obviously somebody's going to message us or say, well, you know, Tomlin somehow figures out a way to lose some of those games. He also figures out a way to win some of the games he shouldn't win. Right. And, right. and those things equal out. I, I just don't see – maybe this will be his first losing season. I just don't see it. No, I, I, no, I don't either. And, and, and to, to your point about the, the crap stuff, you, you can almost sit down. My buddy and I from Florida sometimes, well, we talk often, the guy I used to play tennis with, and he said, you can kind of write down right now of the 32 teams, you could write down 12 to 13, 15 teams that you know aren't going to be there. Ten just for sure. Not gonna be, ten for sure. So you, you can just push them right out the door, like before anything. A couple teams that you thought weren't going to be there may rise up and go, "Ooh, I didn't think, see that." And somebody gets an injury and falls back, and then somebody that you thought was definitely going to be there, you're right. like, "I like the Minnesota Vikings right. to start out seven and zero or something." And it's like, how did they end up stinking this bad? I mean, like they happened? pulled they pulled the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, so there's, seven there's, and two. You know. And then missed the playoffs at nine and seven. Yeah, so you know, there's always those things. Uh, you know what? Actually, let's let's uh, instead of uh, transitioning to break, why don't we do a quick uh, college football startup here locally? Okay. Yeah. Um, so we're on opposite ends of the table here, Scott and I. We're also kind of on opposite ends of our local uh, teams. Scott being more the Pitt guy, and me being a Penn State guy. Penn State had a tremendous recruiting class, like one of the top three or four or whatever. So they really, I mean, I, I, I can only speak for what I've read, and I don't, I don't do deep dives into to, to things. I, I see guys, and they get recruited, and, and, they're, and they're really good. And I, and I see that they're really making a lot of good strides. That kind of, some of it depends on their running back and, and quarterback, who, who are you know, still relatively green. But, um, yeah, they always, they always seem to just have a little bit more – uh, elite recruiting or just elite classes. I don't know. Just right. Big Ten period. Uh, I, you know, Pitt with Narduzzi's seventh year. You know, are you are you satisfied with this guy as a Pitt guy? I think that's. A, I mean, that's a pretty yes short short answer, and and I know that probably drives some Pitt diehards nuts. Who are you going to replace him with? Mm, right. Yeah. I mean, and I was one of the guys that said, hey. Wani was here five years, you know, it was ready to take the program to the next level and then had a crapper season the following year. They haven't replaced him. I think, no, I think Narduzzi is the guy. It's, it just, it takes a long time. They're not in the Big Ten, and I think that makes a difference from a recruiting perspective. Uh, you know, ur- urban campus off 
off-campus stadium. Look, I don't, I don't think that changes, you know. And I went to Pitt, and and it had an on-campus stadium, and and you know, of course, it was ancient and in a little bit of disrepair. But even if they they could somehow shoehorn it on-campus stadium, yeah, I don't, I don't, a, I don't think that it changes the attendance too much. I mean, other than other than it's a smaller venue, so it looks fuller. Yeah. But you're sharing an NFL facility that that should be good, you know. And then you know you bust the students down. It's actually the one year I walked down to to the arena to watch a basketball game when when they played at the Civic Arena. It's mm-hmm. not it's it's three miles. You're a college kid. You can do it. Right, right. Um, I, yeah. I mean, it's 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 tough. And you know, he he wins some games that he shouldn't. He loses some games that he definitely shouldn't. Pickett came back for a, 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 a last yeah, was, year. I, I think that's pretty big. big. Yep. Um, I think they had a good recruiting class for Pitt. It's not Penn State, um, but hey, look, as good, as good as Penn State's recruiting classes are, they seem to have problem with Michigan and Ohio State, and I don't think that's going to change until they get a new head coach. Well, I don't know. I mean, I I have to go back. They you know they at times, but you know they also beat Ohio State on a block punt and you know had a big thing a few years yeah. ago when we were watching it. The thing they they they're they're in these games against these big these big schools and. And I, I, and you know, they're sometimes they're coming down to to last plays or whatever. I, I don't, I don't know that Pitt's in those games, but but I, I, here's the thing about Pitt. I, I, let me go backwards a little bit in time. I used to be a Pitt fan, like back in the day. With I actually worked in the office there when Jackie Sherrill was there because I, I I went to Point Park. Your right. daughter's going to go to, and they had a thing, and I, and they were looking for volunteers for doing different things, and um, and I I worked in there at the time. Jimmy Johnson was there oh, at wow. the time, yeah. yeah. And but I was like a flea, you know. Right. I was just like gopher, you know, doing different stuff. And uh, and I, I I was more the Pitt fan. I didn't like Penn State back then. It was like you know, and back in in those days with the Marinos and Jimbo Covert and, and the Dorset. I mean, all that stuff. I was all in on that. But you know, when things started to turn right after that, and also the ACC thing, which I'll get your thought on that. I it, I, I don't know that that was the. I know everything that drives this is money. Yep. So, I mean, I understand yep. the Big East was kind of crumbling, and I get it, but I mean... An important I, in a storm. I, yeah, and I, and I, but I think it's just been a, it's been a problem because you're talking about these established teams, you know, in that, in that conference and, you know, the Clemson being a powerhouse and some other teams and even North Carolina other teams. You know, that's been a problem. But here's where I... Here's where the worm turned for me. I lived in Florida for a long time, and then when I went there, it was like us in Pennsylvania versus you guys. So it was right. f- f- the big three, Florida State, Miami, Florida. So I had to kind of pick one. Right. I kind of like Florida State. I like Bowden. I saw right. But, you know, these Miami people, unbelievable. These people are absolutely out of their minds. They couldn't, first of all, most of them couldn't find this campus if they had Google and <laughs> and uh, whatever other GPS that was ever invented. Right. You know, and, and, a, and, a, and a map in their hand. But yet they're these big fans from three hours away. Right. And never, never even saw the campus. Subway but, alumni, some so, of the other ones were called. So flashback to 87 when Penn State's playing Miami in the, in the Orange Bowl yep. for the championship, right? I'm, I'm, at this, I'm at this bar, imagine that, um, called the Copper Top, because it had a, in Tampa, had, right where I lived, had a copper top on the bar. Right. And filled with Hurricane Hawks, right? Me... I'm peripherally, I'm, I'm more like supporting the state at this right. point. I'm not really. Right, right, right. So all these people are talking about how they're going to destroy Penn State, you know. And so the, so my my regional my regional dander kind of got right. up. And I'm like, okay, who wants to start laying bets down? And, and so there's, 
there was this girl that worked the bar and this this woman she took no guff from anybody she could probably kick half the people's ass in there but she would be like okay everybody started talking i'll bet this and i'll bet this. she goes here's what we're gonna do we're gonna put all this money in an envelope right dave's money and all of your money we're gonna put it in an envelope you know and she had it all portioned out right and at the end i'm gonna hand it to somebody and there's not gonna be no crap about it so i sat there and watched Vinny testaverde throw interception after interception I or saw, as i like to call him testicle verde that's right inter- intercept interceptive verde um and you know just watch that 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 defense uh just do the linebacker defense things that they did and and you know and took them down and it was that's when things kind of turned for me because I was like, now all of a sudden I was like, okay, yeah, I'm I'm proud to be from Western Pennsylvania and uh, to have right. these teams that to, to and, and and then when some of the trip ups from the pit organization start happening and the coaching carousel well, yeah, and the crap, was, I just started to say, you yeah. know what, I'm done with you guys. That until was a fall from I, grace, you know. And I, I, I don't hate pit. I'm not one right. of these people that would go to a pit bench right. and just heckle people from pit. I just I, don't, right. I wouldn't do that because I liked them back in the day, but I just feel like that. You say Narduzzi is okay with you. I, I don't know. He, he better start putting up a little bit because this sure. is seven years in sure. now. We're not talking about this is a whole recruiting class, almost right. two. Right. So something's got to start turning. You know, no, I agree. The weed, I, I, weed I, but I, I, I always go pull. back to, okay, uh, well, tell me who you're pulling in, right? And I know you're not an expert on who that next person might be that would make sense, but that's, that's where I expect somebody to like, okay, well, it, it, bring bring a solution to the problem, and and you know yeah, I want to yeah. go back to a statement you made uh, at that eighty six or eighty seven game, yeah. you know, and I have two favorite teams, Pitt and whoever plays Penn State. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. But if I was at the bar with you and somebody said that to you, I'd have been like, yeah, I hope Miami wins, but they're not going to destroy Penn State because Joe Paterno never got destroyed. No, but yeah, right, exactly, and right. like you're 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 drinking your own Kool-Aid and yeah. pissing out rainbows because that ain't happening. Well, they were so provincial, too. Right. And meanwhile, they've only had the success in a brief amount of time. Like Paterno and like all the Pitt National Championship, they don't realize that. And they say, oh, that was way back when. That doesn't like count. Like, what do you mean it doesn't count? There were national championships. Like, Yeah, it was pretty ago. recent. as Because you, you, if you remember, and I forget the, the exact timing, but, you know, you know, that was JJ there, but prior to him, you know, Howard Schnellenberger reinvigorated that program or put it on the map anyway, yeah. right? Well, that, I think that was Schnellenberger in 87. I, th- I thought that was Jimmy Johnson. I don't know, I'll have to look that up, but I think he he pre- preceded Johnson. Yes. So, so I'm, I'm pretty sure he was still there then. But, you know, anyway, but the other part of that is that, you know, they, they acted like they'd been around like for so long and that the Southern football thing was like forever like for 50 years like a dominant power and it wasn't it was the Notre Dames and the Pitt Penn State and Michigan's and Ohio State's and whatever and they poo-poo that like like that was oh that was some other ancient times you know Woody Hayes and all these people and different you know they act like that was that was that was kind of nothing real time follow-up that was uh, the Fiesta Bowl was it yep okay yep and uh, that was uh, Shane Conlon's team, if you remember that. Yeah, yeah. And he had an interception in that game, and there was another yep. guy, Katsopoulos or Fotsopoulos, Somethingopoulos, yep. had another one in the end zone. And the other thing about that was, I, I was going somewhere with this. Giftopoulos, very good. I, here's memory. a trivia question. And I get, I, I get, I get like staunch, like older Penn State fans tripped up on this. Guess who was the quarterback, starting quarterback on that team? I bet you won't get it. Uh, John. Ooh, you're close. You're getting out. You're getting warmer. Uh, Schumann? No. You're, you're you're burning up. All right, I give John up. Schaefer. Schaefer. But it's like a lot of people are like John Schaefer. I'm like, yeah, look that up. Yeah, he's related anyway. to Trent Dilfer. Right. 
<laughs> Trent Dilfer is the Bucks QB. Right, right, right. Anyway, Throwing interceptions is um, nothing to me. Yeah, anyway, I, I, I just think that you know, to your point, I think I think we definitely need to see some improvement uh, this year. We'll see. I mean, and, and play the games. I'm more I'm more Franklin than I am Narduzzi right now. He's going to have to show me something in year eight. Not I don't I don't dislike the guy. So I, you're from Missouri, in other words. I, <laughs> show me. So anyway, and then by the way, just uh, um, getting out of that localized thing. Is anybody going to unseat Bama? Is Nick Saban just going to be the, the emperor of the universe at some point? Is, is, I mean, somebody will, but I don't know who. I mean, I, I mean, you know, throw throw a dart against the dartboard, and maybe somebody will, you know, an injury or yeah, uh, sure, you know. But it, it doesn't seem to matter. Like the no. guy, the guy literally finds players in the cushions of his couch. Yeah. Like he doesn't even have to imagine his recruiting staff. Like right? How tough of a job might that be? They must just be hanging around like. Having a couple cocktails and a guy goes, "Hey, can I can I play?" Oh yeah, sure. You know, I'm, how, many rec- how many recruiting trips do you really need to make? People are knocking yeah. on your door. Right, right, yeah, right, he, right, right. He's he's getting rid of people that are that are stars on other teams. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 casting them aside. Yeah. So it's uh you know it's kind of a a power top three or so with Clemson and them and Georgia a few people. But oh, I wanted to we'll close see. out Miami. Uh, yeah. Jimmy Johnson was the head coach. He was Dave Wanstead was the defensive coordinator. And that '87 team. Yeah. Wow. I didn't think he went back. Yeah, Schnellenberger was back when Jim Kelly went. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I, I didn't really. I mean, I went to the the real Orange Bowl when, when, when they beat um, Oklahoma. I was at the right. Orange Bowl when Miami beat Oklahoma. I went nice. to that. Nice, nice. Uh, a guy from work had, had tickets and couldn't go, and me, and me and this other guy, he drove. We went down there. And, and then and, and Jim Kelly went, to play on, went on to play for the uh, Kenny Rogers Gamblers. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Uh, he had the 0 for 4. God, that's got to be tough. Yeah, especially well, for a local guy, but but yeah, we're just we're just I just wanted to just hit on that because of uh, this stuff's coming up, and of course, as the season season spills out, I'm sure we'll have more detail to talk about on that. Well, so. uh, when, when things start rolling through, so we're gonna head out the break, and uh, we'll come back with uh, some Bucko trivia. Not really, but uh, quick update <laughs> Buc- on our uh, our local uh, baseball yeah. baseball franchise. All right, Dave back from break and uh hope everybody smoked them if they got them and uh we're gonna do a quick little uh bucko rundown there was some uh comings and goings with polanco and and the general trajectory of the team yeah so polanco is now officially no longer a pittsburgh pirate after the double the double release dfa you know scenario that happened here over the course of the last couple of days you know it was you know originally released nobody picked him up he then was DFA'd and sent on his way. And that whole dynamic is a typical baseball mess of rules that we're not even going to try to, to get into. Bottom line is he's gone. And Cole Tucker, your, your favorite guy you like to talk about, back up again. The man has more lives than Catwoman back in the day, I swear <laughs> to God. I mean, he's back. I mean it, it, God bless the guy. You know, He stuck his head down in AAA and yeah. just kept playing and played pretty good. And it's probably deserving, at least at this time, to come back up so Good luck with you on that, but he's back up. Yeah. I mean, they had a modest improvement, one five of eight going into this game, which they were getting hammered, and I'm not talking about drinking. Uh, alcohol uh, is bad. Cardinals. <laughs> and uh, what's his name, the, 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 the pitcher that beats us like every time? Uh, you, you know, they're, they're, Wainwright? We, yeah. We, I mean, that guy, I mean, we, we, we couldn't beat him with, you know, if we had like 
like you know when they have the roster call ups in right. September. I think like for lower level teams, they should allow everybody on the field. Like to have like. 50 I was going to say, do we get a rover? <laughs> I mean, but even with that, I don't think we we could we could uh, no. yeah you know, uh, beat this guy. So they were killing us when I was on my way over here. Uh, they they did uh, bring a guy up, uh, Michael Chavis, who they had had had, had acquired uh, GM. Uh, Ben Charrington had had him as a draft pick in Boston, uh, a high draft pick, uh, late first rounder, I believe. And he's he's really a he's a solid looking player. You look like he really knows what he's doing, and he's really been he's been batting the ball all over the place, taking copious notes after every after every right. uh, hit, you know, and stuff, which is weird. But he looks like something. Um, they talked about uh, just a quick thing. They talked about exit velocity, which is a big thing they talk about, and balls coming off the bats, and and uh, you know they said something. There's a statistic for everything, but in a one game the other night, I think the game Monday, like 18 of the of the balls struck were like over 95 miles an hour, which can, which is considered a high exit velocity. Right. So, and on the last episode, I think we talked about my gaseous situations, and we're talking about exit velocity. I think I can challenge this. You know, but anyway, that was a joke for the uh, Bar Dizzle show. Anyway, uh, so and then. The last little tidbit, there's a Little League World Series going on right now. Oh, yeah. And Williamsport. so, yeah. So, with the first pick of the Pirates 2027 draft, the Pittsburgh Pirates select Gavin Weir from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. <laughs> this kid, by the way, they're in the semifinals of the American side of the right. world. This kid, a couple little numbers might be interesting. Four no-hitters in this tournament already and we haven't even gotten to the international spot yet one walk and six hits 114 strikeouts facing 132 batters so far in this in, in their bracket my arms are already sore. insane right Sheesh. <laughs> and throwing at 60 some uh, i think the thing is like you throw 60 something that like converts to like 90 yeah if you're actually right. pitching from a regular right you know, di- uh, yeah mound right. Like in the MLB, but God bless this kid. I hope he, you know, it's always kind of interesting watching that. I, I think they get way too much airtime for, you know, it's gotten to be like the biggest thing being right. ESPN and having you know bios and things like that on them. But you know, ESPN, you know, of course, was the leader and and all that. But but God bless the kid. So, you know, that's going on right now. So check that out. Yeah. So, uh, get anything else for our, our buckle land? I think that uh, no, we're I think we're we're, we're we, winding it down. Pull, getting ready to. Park it in the house for the winter and get to the hot stove league is probably uh, we'll have a couple yeah. more broadcasts with them. We beat on them and talked about the draft and 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 did as much damage as we could yep. over the last couple of weeks. So all right, so we're off to a quick break and then uh, we're going to come back with uh, what we're sipping tonight. All right, Dave, uh, we're back from break and uh, guess what time it is? Here we go and not Steelers. Okay. Dave, you, uh, and, and we'll have a random thoughts section later, but uh, today you decided to introduce a random beer. That is correct. Actually, I was just kind of beating my, my head here earlier uh, in the day, thinking, well, what's something I could introduce? Uh, and my thought was, wouldn't it be something to try something? This is kind of unprecedented here in the Bardizzle is that we're both going to try something we've never had before. Now, Scott has his 420 strain Sweetwater that he loves and is, 
going to partake of, and he'll, he'll talk about that in a little bit too as well to give you a little bit of information on that. This particular one is, there's, 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 there's French overtones all over this, Unibro, Brow, Unibrow. Unibrew. Big, I, I usually shave that before I come. <laughs> uh, but it's Unibrew, I guess. Yeah, Unibrew. U-N-I-B-R-U-E. Saison 13. Good number for me. I wore that playing hockey. Megadeth. And doesn't this kind of look like the actual Megadeth like, does. The logo? Like, do you think they get approval to use this Megadeth? I would I would. I mean, I don't know. So. That seems like they're, trip, they're stepping on something. But anyway, it's 6.1 ABV. Ale brewed with spices. I have no idea about it but just reading through it i thought this is probably something i could approach um and it's ibu of 19 that's that's low very low. um and i'll just read a little snippet that they have um pale amber color and red orange hues hues h-u-e-s is brewed with 13 i guess that's the 13 i guess the 13 so. carefully selected ingredients this delicious saison uh, offers the perfect combination of malt, fruit, and spices punctuated by fresh hops taste. I'm already, like, thirsty. Well, let's get, okay, let's, let's let's get let's, to porn. Let's get, her, let's get her done here. Oh, here we go. Let's yeah, that, uh, I wonder if this is... Uh, your phone, Dave, please. I wonder if this is straight out of the queue. The what? Quebec Major Junior oh, Hockey yeah, League. Yeah, here you go again with that. All right, here we go. So we're going to... Let's see. It has, like... We sniff first. It's, 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 it smells a little fruity. Yeah. That you, do you get fruit right right off the bat? A little bit of pine, maybe, but... Okay. You ready? Who's that? Who's that? Fats Domino? Tutti Frutti? No. Tutti, uh, no. A Jerry Lee Lewis, isn't it? Jer- no. No? No. Little oh, Richard. Little Richard. God. Yeah, here we go. Okay. A little okay. cheers. Chin, chin. You're looking up your old address. Wow. That's pretty darn good, I that, think. That almost doesn't even taste like beer. Oh my god! That, that doesn't even have a. I don't want to say it doesn't have a finish, but it doesn't have any bite. That's why it's thirteen. It's nineteen. Nineteen. The thirteen is the ingredients. Nineteen is the. Is well, the, the, uh, I think IBUs. they're both prime numbers, so I'm good on that. <laughs> I, don't, I, I I sucked at math, so I'll take your word for it. Let me see. This is good. See, this is another thing which I kind of like, and I've said this before. I like things that don't hit me as one particular thing. Too much strong hops, too much strong pine, too much strong fruit, too much sweetness. This has, this is this is this is a summerish. This is good, I think. And I just literally it was a drive-by, Scott. Was I that was, a seasonal? I, did you? I was did in you, Big Bird. Uh, no, is well, it, does it does saison always mean seasonal? No, no, no. Saison I mean, is a style. A, a style, right? Yeah, yeah. Thank God I have an expert in the house. Uh, yeah, I. This is this is interesting. Oh. Because I would think this might be even a, a little more than 19 IBUs, but it's but it's not apparently. No, I can no, do this. and and uh, wow, there was only one of these left too in our four pack. I would have guessed under five on the alcohol. I can't even feel it. No, neither can I. It's Taste it, feel it, no, smell I it. No, I can't either. Uh, th- this is this is one of those uh, sneak up on your beers. Uh, yeah, I wonder if you're right. But there was a four pack, and there there was only one. And I I didn't think to ask the guy that was working up there. He wasn't one of the veterans up there that know a little bit about some stuff. So I'm like, right. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna glean any type of uh, knowledge, knowledge about yeah. this. But no, I could do this. I couldn't do a lot of them, but this, this is really good and really cold because it was in my ice pack. There, there it so. goes under your nose. <laughs> I stole that from Dave. Yeah, I, yeah, that was that's an old one. Uh, well, actually, uh, in, so uh, Sweetwater, yeah, brother. Sweetwater. So 
I already did the 420. This is the 420 G13 strain. Now, does that have weed in it, actually? Well, or it's just made it, on it just smells like it. In fact, uh, <laughs> I was at one of our uh, former beer. local haunts uh, for lunch with a buddy of mine, Phil, one of our listeners. I saw on a, Friday. I, shout out to Phil. I got I saw a post from him today earlier yeah. that he listened to our yeah. last show. Uh, he just did another five k, and it, uh, he and his wife and, and some of her friends. Made He's that. a runner. Runner. Yeah, I don't. Oh. I don't. Even, I don't even want to ride my bike five k. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, uh, so Flo, the the uh, bar manager at, at Pomodoro's. Uh, not a sponsor yet. But she said they don't even put it on tap anymore because it, it, just the smell when you pull that tap, oh, it, smells, it, like it smells like weed. Somebody's yeah. token one up. Yeah, in yeah. the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. Not, not not even the bathroom. Just just, just emulating the, throughout the. Yep. Really, it's yeah. that it's that pungent. Yeah, yeah. Take a take a, Let me see a that. whiff out of the can. Oh my god! Holy mother of god! That is it doesn't that taste is, like it. But it just. But it smells like. Can it. you can you get a contact high from this thing? <laughs> <laughs> I was at a, a. I mean, just quickly, I was at a, a, a hotel. I went on a bike trip. I won't say where, what, whatever. But I was on this floor where you could smoke. Yeah. You know, and and uh, there was south of the border people that were all there for right. whatever they were doing. Their you know how they how they how they roll. They're doing their their landscaping things. And I swear to God, Scott, Scott the second I walked out of the elevator to the whatever fifth yeah. floor. It was like I was I was you were cheech fish and chonged up like you, you have no idea. You were at a fish concert. I was, oh my god! I was they like, weren't rolling cigars, is what you're saying? Oh, holy crap! I was like, I'm seriously gonna get a uh, I'm gonna get a contact high like any second. Yeah. But um, but, but yeah, that's what it smells like when it. That's so weird. By yeah. the way, I had um, just to morph into something. I was at the beer fest down stage A. I think we might have talked about that briefly last show. I'm not sure if we. Got a very brief. I think I don't even know if that actually that that even make the cutting floor that 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 didn't even make it to the show because oh. when i was going back through uh, on the edits i was like oh, oh shit we forgot to do that oh yeah you know what i i, th- I think i recall that now because i'm like i don't know that we really talked about it but honestly those shows are, are i mean those 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 things are what they are it's a really good one down there you know because they have a, a live band out in their big outside stage and they were doing some some great stuff and and you know it was my first foray back into a crowd with you know post covid or ongoing covid but you know i'm I'm double vaxxed and so scott but you know i i um i saw sweetwater's tent yeah and i sent you that picture you you kept saying you're the reporter on the scene and i I saw their tent and and they had that saying up there at the top don't float the mainstream right and then and then they had some of their product and one of the ones they had was a double the regular 420 sweetwater but it was a double ipa did they call it an 840 (laughs) He should have, uh, and I thought, well, you know, I don't, I've never really tasted doubles because I always thought that they'd be just overwhelming, uh, uh, overwhelming hop taste, and really, it's not. It's just thicker. Yeah, I guess you could say syrupier. Syrup, and I couldn't believe that. I thought that would get pop piled with right. like you know hops, but it's just. But then I saw, it and he goes, "Oh yeah, it's great, and it's nine point nine point seven. Like, oh okay. Well, I'm, I'm I'm Ubering home anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, I think I'm just gonna have one so I can stay in the game a little bit, you know? Right, right, right. And and I, uh, let me let me close okay. out the the four twenty G thirteen strain. It's an all black and silver can, so it must be uh, Raiders uh, colors, from, straight from Las Vegas. Six point oh on the ABV, so right up there with your Unibrew. Brow. Yeah, I'm still digging Something this brow, man. Uh, 48 IBUs, uh, but I, I mean, it's it's uh, it's really approachable for an I- IPA. Um, What's the IBUs again? 48. Oh, inter- uh, international bitterness units. No, no, no. I, I, oh, I, 48. I know what they are, but 48. Okay, well, yeah, that's up there a little. 
it's up there a little, but it, uh, it's uh, very approachable and uh, just uh, a couple points higher on the uh, ABV, but uh, very, very enjoyable. Stuff. Very enjoyable. I'm definitely going to look for this unibrow, and uh, maybe I'll grow one out just for just to be a <laughs> complete fan of the Megadeth Saison 13. I'm going to have to do a little more research. Right, 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 right. Anyway, right. so with that, we're, we're, that's our sipping story tonight, and uh, we're going to take a quick break and come back with uh, some, some musical musings. All right, Dave, bringing us back uh, from break here, and uh, we're going to go around the uh, the musical circles here. One of the things I was thinking about was, and I'm, I'm, I'm a big guy on, we, we talked about this uh, a couple shows ago, I don't remember if it was last show or not, but I, I, I really enjoy the acoustic performance or unplugged performance, yep. and I started thinking about, you know, this, this unplugged phenomenon that, that MTV started years ago, right? And, and it turns out it was a lot more than years ago. It was a long time ago, actually. Uh, I was thinking uh, early 90s. Right. And uh, I, I thought if Eric Clapton wasn't the first, he was close to it. But I, I was off by three years. Yeah. Crazy, right? So I'm going to run through a couple names here. The first group or artist. I would have never thought this. Neither, neither would I. I was shocked when you sent me this. The Squeeze. Tempted by the fruit of your mother. No, sorry, that was another joke for the comedy. October 1989, right? Wow, that's crazy. You know, Halloween 1989. Yeah, Halloween 89. Uh, then there, you know, there I was like some, that band. some other show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some other shows in between, and then, and then you know, the, this uh, to me the seminal one was you know Eric Clapton, uh, January 92. Amazing. Uh, and then Pearl Jam a couple months after that. Yeah, just a couple of months. That was at that theater in New York or something, yeah. right? Some yeah. theater in New York. Yeah, they filmed a lot of them there. Yeah, yeah. The intimate setting, you're right on top of them. Right, yeah, yeah exactly. And, and honestly, I I, I kind of thought that, that uh, Nirvana did before Pearl Jam, but they did it almost a year and a half later in November yeah. of 93. Yeah, and that's obviously a big one, too. And uh, with Cobain, who was, you know, he was... <laughs> Yeah, he, he he wasn't big on like being in front of people in that kind of environment, like you know, out on a big stage right. or whatever with a million people. Uh, you know, he, he dealt with that, but he was a obviously a very introverted kind of right. kind of guy anyway. And for him to agree to do that, you know, the little cigarette side stage and this little talk that he that he did while he was doing it was was kind of amazing that they even agreed to do that. And just a little aside before you run through a couple other ones, the latest news coming out, the baby. The, the the naked baby the one that you know we could see the stem on the apple uh, back in the swimming pool for the cover the, of Nevermind cover of the the the, the uh, mega selling record Nevermind uh, Spencer Eldon is his name is now suing a bunch of people including all a lot of the former members of the band and you know, producers and state. All, anybody that has anything to do about saying you know he was exploited child pornography and whatever and apparently I don't want to go too far into this but apparently his you know, his guardians at the time, people that were his parents or guardians, whatever, because they were guardians, um, never really went through the legal machinations of, you know, getting the proper disclosures and forms and whatever to release to let him do this. I mean, on their behalf and, and the whole thing. Apparently, they knew the people that were making the record and they were buddies, whatever. And he said, yeah, you know, my kid's in the pool all the time. And, you know, let's just do that. And it's like, and he's chasing a dollar bill, which is like, has this theme to it. Like, right. you know, they're, they're, they're going after the dollar and right. whatever. With it. But now he's 
since he since he never turned out to be much of anything, I guess, and still living in his parents' basement or something. Now he wants paid, Scott. Right? Yeah. Well, your thoughts? Hey. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, I'm not sure how a picture of a baby with those dingus hanging out in the pool is <laughs> is ruining his life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's. I mean, we're not talking. It's not a toddler we're talking about, or like a preteen. So or the foreshadowing was of him chasing a dollar. Right. <laughs> yeah, how about that? How about that for ironic? Isn't that ironic, as that, as that Alanis Morissette Morris, Canadian chick would say? Right. Um, yeah, so that, anyway, I just want to throw that in, because this, this hit the wire here a couple days ago, and there's a big, long thing about it, but it, it, apparently he's seeking at least $150,000 from each of the 15 named defendants in the lawsuit, legal fees, unspecified damages, you know, blah, 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 blah. So that's we'll see how that lands. So, I anyway, mean, he's, he's looking close to... Uh, Two million dollar settlement, something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, we'll see where see where that goes. It's gonna be a fun one to follow. But, yeah. but, but march on on your on yeah. Your a couple other uh, performances to note. Uh, one of my favorite bands that you just don't hear a whole lot of, uh, based uh, out of here, in Eastern Pennsylvania, was Live, and and they had a show yeah. in February of '95. Now a lot of these shows actually got released on the cd and tapes and vinyl but that show actually never was but i had i didn't a, even know that they did this honestly that's how yeah removed i am from this list yeah they 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 some of it they did that but live never they never released the live version of live and i don't know how Lakini's juice one of my favorite songs how, 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 how yeah how did they land on the name live that's just yeah. uh, anyway that strange anyway um maybe we'll dive back into that some other other uh, show, but t- to me it was it was a fantastic show. But I actually videotaped the concert on MTV, and then I transferred it to cassette. Videotape? What's that? <laughs> that thing from back in the- from from back in the days. Yeah, we talked about cassettes with yeah. uh, screwdrivers and number yeah. two pencils last yeah. time. Uh, so, but I, I actually have a, a copy of it, which is pretty neat. Really? Uh, yeah. So it's in my iTunes library now, which is wow. Uh, just you converted of, it over. Yeah, to it's not super high. It's not super high definition, uh, but it, it, it was. I, I thought it was actually a really good performer. Wow. Uh, maybe there was some legal to, stuff tied up. I have to it. have you share that. with Yeah, you, so. I can. I can certainly do that. Um, and then uh, after that, uh, you know, one of the big ones, you know, for you and me is, oh, is yeah. Alice in Chains in '96. I yeah. I didn't think it was that late. Actually, I thought it was probably like '94, '95. And that was the end for them, right there. That was like the last big performance they did. They did one thing with uh, uh, some Vegas thing with with well, Kiss. Or yeah, something, but they, that was it. Yeah, they, but they did release uh, another album, the uh, Tripod. You know, the Three Legged Dog. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, right as far after, as yeah. them being a band, live, I mean, yeah, I mean, that was the last. Lane, that may have been their, one of their last live performances. <clears throat> um, and then uh, a couple, four months later, after that, following up last week's show, Oasis. Um, yeah. However, uh, Liam uh, did not perform. <laughs> yeah, al- allegedly he he had a sore throat as he got to the venue. Right? Yeah, a sore throat, but he was still able to heckle from the box way up high back down to his brother Noel. <laughs> yeah, you know what's funny? I, I've seen that, and I, I've I, I've seen I the saw footage, that little yeah. snippet yeah. of of when. Uh, Noel was hearing some of this stuff, and honestly, you've, you heard from our last show how much we we love Noel Gallagher. But for for him to keep it together on that stage, you know, this is a big deal at this place. And he having to to play some songs that Liam and 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 front and and front some of these songs that Liam was expected to to sing, right? And right. to keep that together while playing his guitar. Because at that point, he wasn't, well, he did some, but he was not the front man. No, he was, they, no. He was not, he had a couple, you know, Wonderwall, a couple other things. 
or, don't look back actually, in anger. Uh, yeah, a couple couple ones that he did. Yeah, don't look back in anger. Right, exactly. He he wasn't. A, he, this was not an expected thing. And at the last minute to be thrown right. the marbles right in front of you as you're walking out on stage. I mean, yeah. It, yeah, that was really a impressive thing by him. Yeah, and and to round out um, an, another one, actually one of my favorite bands of the 2000s was was Incubus. They yeah. they did an unplugged, but uh, in uh, November '99. But oddly enough, they they launched their next album called Morning View. Right, fantastic album. Yes. Definitely. Uh, they had a live launch party on MTV, and I kind of always assumed that that was their unplugged, but it wasn't. Yeah. So you know, you learn yeah. some new things, and uh, you know, I think it's a great series. Uh, I think they're they still do it every once in a while, but it was like from '89 through 2019 or something like that. I have to go back. I'll, we'll, we'll publish the yeah. link from Wikipedia. But and by the way, little known fact: the Incubus actually wrote a Pirates. Uh, Pittsburgh Pirates theme song uh, Pardon Me While I Burst Into Flames I'm <laughs> sorry uh, I need that sad, yeah. sad, sad tramp, tr- trombone excuse me and what, I, one other thing I just want to dovetail back into or, uh, is, yeah. is that AIC Allison Change Scott and I are big fans I mean Lane you know he, he was he, he, he was just a unique talent I mean unfortunately got in the throes of of addiction and you know that 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 cost him that cost him his ultimately his 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 life on this planet and we're going to eventually later on morph into some of all these people through that grunge era and people that have that that also succumb to that i think that's a whole segment we're going to do but this guy his voice his ability to to change ranges and to do things like he came strolling out onto that stage right yeah, while everybody's warming up and the bass player's going through his line right and jerry cantrell's going through his thing and it, and they're just leading up to him and he just you know sits down and, and starts Stomps it out starts that first song you know nutshell by the uh, way nutshell yeah and it's just like no big deal he's just like he just comes out like he's just strolling into a bar you know and, and the guy was just so uber talented it's such a shame that so many of those people have been lost like that. We're not going to get into that here now, but 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 some of those people, their you know their 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 talents are so rich, but you know they they just they can't they can't navigate their their life, and it just becomes fame, whatever becomes too much for them. But that was just a from beginning to end was just a, a seriously incredible acoustic show, Scott. Yeah, it's uh, probably my favorite of of all of the. Uh acoustic shows like that whether it's officially called unplugged or not it's yep. just 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 tremendous and every version of the song there just absolutely a killer rendition yep. of great songs yeah and i think we're going to talk about whether there's particular artists we're going to we're going to go into that scott and i particularly like chris cornell and uh, allison chains we'll, we'll, we'll just dive into them individually we don't want to you know keep going on this but we definitely have some more thoughts on on those 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 people with that, Dave, why don't we roll into your random thought of the the night? Oh yeah, so you know I've thought about this like uh, somewhere way back when. I think somebody on the radio did something similar to this, but I was thinking about this the other day, like the different things that are still around that I don't understand how. <laughs> and 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 so the, I guess the theme of this, or maybe this, maybe this will become a segment at some point. But if we have enough material to support it, but so I just like to call it just for tonight. What year is this? Okay, and what I mean by what the years is things or items or whatever that are still around, but why? Like, here, here's a couple phone books. 
I mean, seriously, they're still dropping these things on our on our mailbox and still. I drop you, them at the edge of the driveway, yes. and I pick it up and I stick it in the it recycling. Goes right bin. in the recycling, unless you unless you're like really vertically challenged and needed to stand up to get on the top of the you know, the cupboard in your kitchen or whatever. I, I don't know where the chocolate chip cookies are. I mean, have uh, Google hello. Right. <laughs> so anyway, here's another one. The team car flags, like Steelers, Cowboys, you know, whatever. The the, the flags you you roll down attached to your window, right? You know, and the thing, and they start flapping. That you know, yeah. Sometimes people have the dueling ones. That, you know, they have like a stereo dueling flags that they're driving down the road. Yep. And invariably, of course, when you're driving, sometimes people have them as they're going to the stadium. Yep. And they start ripping. So now you got these ripped flags that are just like flapping in the wind. Right. Right. <laughs> these right. aren't the big, huge American flags out of people's tr- trunks. I mean, these are little cheap. You know, thing, and I still see some people occasionally. Rocking still, this. I didn't know you could still get them. I, I guess eBay and Amazon has I, everything. I, so. I guess, or or maybe. <laughs> but what year is it? Uh, down down in the strip district here locally, <clears throat> where you get all you get all your Steelers gear. That's yeah. The the the, the phone books definitely. The team car flags. I, I, anything come off the top of your head? You wanted to save that for another? No, I just I no, it's just I'm I'm commenting. Just yeah, I, I think that's just I I I don't and they make noise and I, I, I anytime <laughs> yeah, I hear a noise, I'm like, is a window down? Yeah, <laughs> or, or, yeah. What did I do? Something is something moving around in did my I, car? Did, did, I, did, I, did, I, did I hit a cat? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's funny. <clears throat> so one one last one is I just I just thought about this because you know as you people probably have surmised by now, I have this my brain works in weird and mysterious ways. And you know, we all we, we all of us in our life have had this laundry faux pas thing of having the the, the missing sock, right? You know, you mystery. Yeah, you know, it's unbelievable. Like you have it in the basket, you take it down to the place. You, you had them all. You threw them all in uh, by pairs in there as you were going down to the basement or wherever you go, and then one of them got out. It got away. Like you know, I, I what happened? Like you check around. The behind the washing machine or maybe it, it somehow it, it, it flipped somewhere and sometimes you find that way but you know it's like if you've you've actually re- looked around and, and searched high and low right and you still can't find it it's like one of the biggest world mysteries it's like the, the pyramids right I'm looking for it, Robert Stack for un, unsolved mysteries at that point unbelievable and so like you know and then and then you know uh, when you going through this process and, and I'm personally thinking man this sock has to feel really you know, really alone and in a dark place somewhere that right. you know he can't he can't get out, and they, you know, it's like he, he's in some secluded place, and I feel bad for it. And, and, and it the, lost its mate, and it's it, it lost its mate. And then you know, then like this just happened the other day. I swear to God, I f- one that has been gone for like weeks, and I looked behind and dryer, but you know, because you could toss stuff and it, you can go anywhere, right? And I found I found it. I mean, it just it just happened to, ma- and I was like, it materialized. It just material. It, it just almost like Star Trek when they do the you know the oh yeah thing, transporter they, the transporter, and it came into the and I was so happy like it's amazing you're so happy and and the first thought that came to my head and and it's not like I had the radio or anything but the first thing I thought of was peaches and herb reunited and it feels so good <laughs> that is how twisted my mind is but anyway the, the missing sock thing we've all had it did, did you have a glass or reuniti after that i certainly did not I wonder, <laughs> what, what, do you do you remember who peaches and herb was i couldn't i couldn't pick them out of a of, of a police lineup i, I don't no, know i couldn't I, I couldn't I, I couldn't either you said herb and i started thinking about uh uh wkrp in cincinnati uh, oh yeah that guy right well you're really going back but anyway we've all had the lost sock scenario i found mine i'm happy about it 
I hope if you're in the throes of that yourself that you find the match that I did. So anyway, that's it. All right. With that, we're going to uh, take a quick break, and then we're going to come back with uh, Famous Birthdays. All right, Dave, we're back from a break here, and uh, we're going to round out the show with our uh, newest uh, brainchild of yours from last week, uh, Famous People Birthdays. Yeah, thanks. And I threw in a little wrinkle this time, too, which is in the paper where I get these from, and you know they're out there for anybody to What's see. What's a paper? I have uh, all electronic paper. Uh, I threw in a little wrinkle. They also have a segment in there of famous events that happened, and I thought there was a couple that were appropriate to throw in there before I get to the birthday thing. So on this date, Scott... In 1957, drilling began on the Fort Pitt Tunnel downtown. It was supposed to start years earlier than that, but traffic was backed up so far they had to delay things. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, nothing's changed in those 60 years or so, Scott. So, uh, but that was that. That happened then. Uh, in 1963, Martin Luther King orated his famous "I Have a Dream" speech in front of the Lincoln Memorial, D.C. Uh, pretty historic event, witnessed live in D.C. by a quarter of a million people, 250,000 people. Really amazing, uh, unbelievable thing. With, uh, by the way, zero selfies. Uh, yeah, right. And then zero, right, exactly. And a little known fact, too, uh, Scott, you might not know, that recently Pirates GM Ben Sherrington gave his own speech there. I'll, I'll paraphrase. I have a dream that the Pittsburgh Pirates Ball Club will win the v- World Series very soon. Well, that was seen and heard by about 25 people. I'm guessing, <laughs> I'm guessing mostly friends and family of GMBC made, uh, made up that on the audience, Scott. But. The old MCI plane. Right, friends and family. <laughs> I actually thought about that uh, today. I almost threw that in. Anyway, uh, so on to the birthday. So former MLB player and manager Lou Piniella, he of the 20-year career as a player and several more years as a manager, 76 today. Uh, Sweet Lou, as he was aptly referred to due to his clutch hitting prowess, like a game-winning hit in RBI in the bottom of the 10th inning at Yankee Stadium to tie the 78 World Series at two games all, a series of pinstripers would go on to win. And I forgot, Scott, how long and for how many teams this guy managed for. I mean, 24 seasons, seven playoff appearances, one World Series title, as skipper of uh, Cincinnati in 1990. As, we have uh, a heckler. The, the heckler chimes in here. And, of course, Scott, along the path of that 1990 thing, the Reds defeated our Pittsburgh Pirates in the NLCS, the first of three consecutive NLC failings of those 90s buckos. I mean, the, ne- the next two coming versus the Tomahawk Choppers from Atlanta. We right. We won't dredge up that corpse. Uh, I wind up back in therapy which I only recently graduated from due to that time in my life but anyway when I when I think of Pinella as a player and manager as our audience chimes in in the background I think of the absolute like spit and fire this guy emoted on the field when things went haywire on a questionable call or or, or a questionable call went against his teams I mean I thought the guy I don't know what you think about this but I thought the guy was going to code like right there on the field or in some of these classic I don't know how he got the, sorry to interrupt, but I don't, I don't know how he got the name Sweet Lou. It should have been Hair Trigger Lou. No, <laughs> no doubt. I mean, I'm, I'm, and I'm pretty sure they didn't have portable defib machines back no, then. Eh? No, right, So Anyway, happy 76 and counting Sweet Lou and uh, take it easy on the old ticker as you play out the late innings of your life, buddy. So, And from the music world, Shania Twain. You're still the one. <laughs> Not Mark's daughter. Uh, that would be weird, right? I mean, th- that would mean she was related to someone or spawned from someone who only used that 
surname as a pen name. That would be strange. That anyway, would be strange. Anyway, the, the, the you know, so anyway, the, the, the sexy Canadian country crooner is still the one, as you said, at age 56 and counting today. She really took the music world by storm with her crossover style of sound and found traction on pop charts as well as country. And for good measure, she was and still is actually at, at that age a, a, a darn handsome woman. So Scott, I'm, Stunner. Stunner, yeah. Somebody used to call her, my one friend used to call her Shania Belly Button. Because used to wear these things <laughs> yeah. belly button, you know? And uh, anyway, so I'm, I'm, I'm not sure who's, I'm talking to you, Shania, right now. I'm not sure whose bed your boots are under these days, but you can come on over and put yours <laughs> under my bed anytime. <laughs> Happy 56 to you. And from the same music genre, Leanne Rhymes, the former country singing child prodigy, is definitely not blue today oh boy. as she turns the ripe old age of 39 she of course hit the charts at age 13 with a wildly successful 39 39 isn't it doesn't it seem like she'd be like 80 i mean i don't know but she started so young um but she of course hit the charts at age 13 with a wildly successful remake of the bill max song with the same name blue um it's funny because actually wiki told me that her record label at the time accidentally released a version of that song blue that she had recorded at age 11. So that wasn't, oh, it was boy. supposed to be like the later one that they did in the studio. So it, it got to number one, sold 123,000 copies in its first week of release. Hello. Hello. And, and Cha-ching. The al- yeah, right. And the album of the same name went on to sell like 8 million copies worldwide. Nice, happy accident, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so it seems like she's been around forever, but only 39 on this very day. Well, Leanne... You've got a one-way ticket to your 40s, but have fun and light up your life. <laughs> as, you cl- as you cling to your 30s the next 364 days, what a voice talent you are, young lady. Happy birthday. Um, a few other notables. Scott passed my way as well. Um, Ron Guidry, Mr. Pinella's teammate back in the 70s and a Cy Young Award winner on that 78 World Series champion Yankee squad is 71 years young today. And uh, Mr. Shallow Howe and Tenacious D himself. Actor, performer Jack Black is 51 today, Scott. Boom. And I haven't heard whether the School of Rock is closed today in his honor, but anyway, enjoy it, Jack. <laughs> and uh, so lastly, the 98, 1984 Olympic gold medalist Scott Hamilton is still skating through life at 63. <laughs> <laughs> great accomplishment back in the day, really uh, amazing performance by him. And as our Scott here at this table, and I know too well, Ice is very slippery, Scott. Just a bit. Just a bit. So happy to see you're still spinning around the rink, Mr. Hamilton. And that closes out our birthdays and events for this episode five. Thanks, Dave. Uh, Tremendous stuff. Uh, Was super uh, interested in in looking forward to digging into the material tonight. And um, I'm not sure if we're going to run long or uh, if the magic of editing uh, is going to save us here. But... uh, a lot of stuff. Uh, we we continue to find things to pontificate over together. Great word. And uh, you know, kind of drive our points home and our thoughts. And and sometimes it, it it's a little bit difficult to restrain our enthusiasm over yeah. some of these subjects. We get a little wordy sometimes. And we get a little wordy sometimes, and we're also still building the framework of what this show is is morphing into hopefully it's always morphing and never staying the same right we're figuring out what our franchise is week to week you know, right right show to and, show and in what uh where we want to land and 
certainly we see on the horizon probably a little bit more of the music stuff. Um, and then depending on where we are in sports seasons as well, uh, when we hit playoffs uh, or significant streaks, good or bad. Um, hello, buckos. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, it's been good. What what you have any uh, closing thoughts before I take us out? No, just uh, you know, number five uh, is alive here and well. I hope, and uh, I thought it was I thought it was good banter, and that that's kind of what we are. And I think we've mentioned this before, but this is really about banter. We we don't want to sound like if you know if you want to see just wrap up shows or you want to see you know uh, tightly tightly produced and or here in this case shows you, you can get that on ESPN or, or whatever or whatever podcasts that, that are out there with 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 major professionals we just again want to want to come across as two people that you might be talking to at a bar like bar Dizzle. uh hence our name but we don't ever want to sound like it's too structured uh we, we want to hopefully sound like we sort of know what we're talking about or or, 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 or entertaining Scott but we want to keep this as a friendly banter type of format do we not Absolutely, absolutely. And with that, Dave, I'm getting ready to take us out here. Thanks uh, for the chat, and uh, we'll see you all on the next episode. Good as always. Thanks. Yep. Peace out.